All right. I'll say it. I am sick of Christmas. I have been celebrating Christmas since 1973, 36, uh, 36 years now. And you know what? I think that I have had enough. I played baby Jesus that first year at the first Christian church in Crown Point as baby Jesus. And now, 36 years later, I've had it. It's become way too commercial. We've got CDs of dogs and cats meowing and barking Christmas carols, for crying out loud. I've got a three-year-old at home who cannot wait for Christmas. We have a little nativity calendar that's sitting right inside the door. You walk in, it's got a little candy cane that you put in the dates. And he keeps taking the date and putting it in number 25. Number 25. He can't wait for Christmas to get here because all he... This morning, the paper came. He was so excited the paper came because he got to open up the Toys R Us ad. Tell me what he wanted. I want this. I want that. I need one of those. Oh, really? Three years old. How did he get so materialistic in just three years? The whole holiday has been polluted, over-commercialized. Kids aren't satisfied with one or two gifts. No! They need more and more and more and more. We go deeper into debt to buy things for people that are either going to break or they're going to go on a shelf and never be heard from again. Does anyone really need another ugly sweater? I think, it, you know, it's just time. I think it is time that we just let go of Christmas. No more jingling bells, no more singing snowmen, no more reindeer with glowing red schnozzes, no more fat people breaking, into, breaking and entering into people's homes to give gifts. Uh-huh. I know what's really going on. He's just casing the joint. No more trees, no more garland, no more lights, no more candles, carols, or bells, no more Christmas. Period. You know, I think I've lost something. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but I'm missing something. I'm quite sure of it, actually. And maybe you're missing it, too. Maybe you've lost something along the way. In our journey to Christmas, we've lost something. That's what we're talking about this year. As we get ready for Christmas, we're talking about the journey to Christmas. And this morning we're going to talk about the journey of wonder. Last week we looked at Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem. It was a journey of faith. And we talked about our own journeys of faith, where we are along the road as we journey towards our heavenly home. We talked about our journey of faith as we make our way in this world. We know that God will never leave us, that God will never forsake us, He will never abandon us. God is always there for us, He will always be there with us. And today we're going to talk about the journey of the shepherds to the very first Christmas. And that's what we're looking at, these different people who made their way to Bethlehem to the first Christmas. Last week was Mary and Joseph. This week it is the shepherds. Next week we'll talk about the wise men and how they made their way to Bethlehem in the journey of Christmas. Today is a journey of wonder. And you know what? I think that that's maybe what I'm missing. Maybe that's what you're missing here at Christmas 2009. We have lost the wonder and the meaning of it all. When we're little kids, we are full of awe and wonder as we hear the stories of the shepherds and the wise men and the angels and the baby Jesus laying in the manger. What happens to us as we get older? We take the story for granted. We hear it every year in you know, every way, backwards and forwards. We hear the story of the baby Jesus over and over and over again all of our lives, every 
December 25th, we celebrate this same event. And we start to take it for granted, don't we? One of the hardest things to preach on, if you ask, if you took a poll of preachers, one of the hardest things to preach on is Christmas. Because everyone is so familiar with the story. You know how it goes. Angel, virgin, shepherds, baby, wise men. And then we get to the good stuff, right? I want to pause this morning. I want to just take a few moments and pause and try and recapture the wonder of Christmas. How can we make the story of Christmas fresh again? We've lost the wonder of Christmas. So today we're going to look at the shepherds, and we're going to discover how we can get that wonder and awe back again. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. If you've got a Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20, as we begin talking about the journey of wonder. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger when they had seen him the word spread They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You ever wonder where they went back to? Get to that in a second. Anyway, shepherds were a little low. They're just a little bit low on the totem pole of society and civilization. The profession wasn't thought of too highly in those days. They were meek. They were humble. No status symbols. No social status. No silver spoons. Just sheep. That was it. That night outside of Bethlehem probably seemed like any other night. Just a regular night. You know, we get ready for Christmas, and we just, uh, you know, we get more excited as the days get closer. You know, Jonathan, I tell you, that candy cane, he's just getting more and more excited. We get all revved up and geeked up for Christmas, right? The shepherds had no idea it was coming. You know, it's not like it was, oh, two days till Christmas, two days till the Messiah is born. They had no idea. It was just a regular, ordinary night. Them and the sheep out in the field. You ever wonder what they were talking about? Sheep stink, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they pretty much stink. Sheep really stink, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they really stink. Look at them stars up there. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel appears. You ever wonder if the shepherd, I'm going to ask a bunch of dumb questions this morning. You ever wonder if the the angel appeared up in the sky, or was it down there at their level? How many of you think sky? You know, because we always see that. How many of you think down on their level? Oh, pretty even mix. You know, I just, the Bible doesn't tell us where the, the angel appeared, but all of a sudden the angel appears. 
I, you know, we have this image of angels appearing in the sky over the shepherds, and I, I don't know. Um, what if they were down there at their level, you know, among the sheep? You know, all these angels show up, and they're all there, down there this week playing at the heavenly cinemas. The angels and the shepherds. Anyway, angel shows up. The shepherds are terrified. The angel tells them, don't be afraid, and then tells them the good news. It was good news of great joy. Let me give you an interesting little tidbit, a little interesting fact. This one's free, uh, about the Greek word that is translated joy. It is the word kara. A word that is very close to kara is the word charis. That is the Greek word for grace. Take a look at this slide and you'll see what I mean. Joy equals kara, grace equals charis. That's supposed to be Greek, but we don't have Greek on the computer upstairs, so it doesn't look like Greek. It looked really cool. When I put it on my computer. I'm not kidding. Anyway, kara and karis. They're virtually the same. The words are etymologically connected. In other words, grace and joy go hand in hand. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. So these shepherds hear this good news of great joy about a baby born in Bethlehem. He is the Messiah. The promised one. They would know which baby was the Messiah. Because he would be the one wrapped in cloths. Lying in a manger. All of a sudden, the sky bursts open, and a great company of the heavenly hosts starts singing praises to God. The Greek word for company is the same word from which we get the word plethora. Okay, there was a plethora of angels, is what that means. A plethora of angels somewhere. And we're talking a lot about a lot of angels. All these angels singing praises to God. The shepherds say to one another, huh, that was kind of cool. Oh well, sheep stink, don't they? No, 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 no. The shepherds hightailed it. They jumped up. They ran. They said, we got to see what's going on. They hurried to Bethlehem, and they found things just the way that they had been told. And then they go, and they spread the word. They tell everybody they can. They tell everybody about what they had seen to anyone and everyone who will listen. And then they return, praising God for what they had been told and seen with their own eyes. When was the last time that you were amazed? When was the last time that you were just dumbstruck by something? I remember the, the, the last time Shannon and I went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's my favorite place to vacation, down in Myrtle Beach. And we went on a dolphin cruise in Calabash, North Carolina. And uh, I remember two things about this trip. The two amazing things about this trip. One, I got seasick. I mean, just bleh, sick. The other thing was, I remember the first time I saw a dolphin jump out of the water. Oh, it was amazing. It was awesome. I couldn't say anything. I had tears in my eyes, and it wasn't from the sea spray in my face. It was so beautiful, and so I couldn't put it into words. I was just sitting there in awe and wonder of these dolphins that were jumping out of the sea. It was one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen. I wanted to tell every, everyone about what I had seen. I wanted to pull out my cell phone and just start calling people. You got to see this. I know you can't, but you got to see this. They're dolphins jumping out of the water here in the Atlantic Ocean. It was amazing. It was awesome. And I just stood there in wonder of God's creation. It was amazing. There are three questions that I want to ask this morning regarding Christmas and the journey of wonder. The first is Have we lost the wonder? Of God's good news. Can you advance the next slide there for me, Tim, please? Thanks. Have we lost the wonder of God's good news? The angel announced good news of great joy. Good news of great joy that would be for all the people. 
the angel announced this to the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born. You know, we can argue about a lot of different things regarding Christmas. What time of the year was Jesus born? Was it the spring or was it the winter? Was he born on December 25th or was that just a date that that, uh, the church picked to combat a pagan holiday? Was Jesus born in a stable or a cave? Were there... How many wise men were there? Were there three or were there a lot or were there just one or two? There are all kinds of things that we can argue about and that will cause us to lose the wonder of Christmas. But one thing that we cannot argue about, one thing that we should not argue about, is the goodness of the news that the angel brought to the shepherds. Good news is good news. And believe me, believe me, this is good news. This was the bestest news that the shepherds had ever heard. They had been longing for the Messiah. They had been longing for the Savior. For centuries they had been waiting for this night. And now it was here. Now the time had come. They had been longing, waiting, begging, praying for this night to come. And it was here. Their journey of wonder started when that angel first appeared to them. When did yours begin? When did your journey of wonder start? Maybe the first time you heard the good news about Jesus Christ and how he died for your sins. Because see, that's what the good news is really all about. It's about how Jesus came and died for your sins. It's how God stepped out of heaven and put on human flesh and bone. And he, he became a baby. And that baby grew up, like I said earlier. He lived here on earth, and he, he bore our sins. He died on a real cross to save people from their sins. All that horrible, terrible, wicked, evil stuff that we do is called sin. And it is positively repugnant to God. Instead of letting us die in our sins, which we deserve, he came to earth to do something about it in the person of Jesus Christ. And he loves us so much that he died on the cross for our sins. That, my friends, is good news. That is good news. That is what Christmas is really all about. It's not about flying reindeer. It's not about a jolly fat man. It's not about three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's not about us buying as much as we can. It's not about us eating as much as we can. It's not about family. It's not about friends. It's about Jesus, the one and only Savior of the world. It's about recapturing the wonder of the good news of great joy that wasn't just for some shepherds in a field talking about the stench of sheep. Our journey of wonder begins when we truly appreciate and understand the goodness of the news of Jesus. The second question I have is, have we lost the wonder of God's gift? In all of the hustle and bustle of Christmas, we can get a little greedy. Don't get me wrong. We enjoy giving gifts. We, we subscribe to the words of Jesus. He was quoted by Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, when he said, it is better to give than to receive. We say that. You know, we do. Yeah, it's better to give than receive, but we kind of say it with a little wink. It's better to give than receive. You know, yeah, it's better to give than to receive, but we kind of hope we get at least a little something. We, we, we want to be on the receiving end of something, especially at Christmas. Maybe some earrings or some other kind of jewelry. Maybe a high-def TV. Maybe a Blu-ray DVD player. Can I at least get an ugly sweater? (laughs) In all of the giving and receiving of gifts, have we lost the wonder of the greatest gift that God has ever given? 
It is the gift of our salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The shepherds ran to see this baby that was lying in the manger. They ran to see this baby. They were full of awe and wonder as they tore off through the fields to Bethlehem. They couldn't get there fast enough. The Bible says that they hurried off and found the family. They left everything behind because of this amazing gift of God's love that was for them, and not only for them, but for us as well. This awesome gift of God's love is for you and for me. Have we lost the wonder of this gift? He is the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And too often at this year, we rush past the manger to get to the big sale at by and large for the deal of the day. We are in such a rush to save a buck that we forgot about the one who saved us from our sins. I'm sorry to say, but I think we've lost the wonder of God's gift. The last question I have for us this morning is, have we lost the wonder of God's grace? Remember what I said a little while ago about the connection between joy and grace? I told you I'd get to it in a few moments. I'm going to keep that promise right now. Joy and grace go hand in hand. God, in his infinite love and grace, sent his son Jesus Christ to die for our sins. That is the ultimate source of joy. The ultimate source of joy is knowing and understanding that Jesus died for your sins. Think about joy for just a moment. Joy is not happiness. A lot of people confuse joy and happiness, but they're not the same thing. A joyful person is not always happy. A happy person is not always joyful. Joy is something that does not depend on circumstances. Joy lasts and lasts and lasts and perseveres. Joy is a gift of God's Spirit, as the Bible says. It is one of the fruit, it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Joy comes from knowing that you are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Joy comes from knowing that you are forgiven and that you are free from the bonds of sin. Joy comes from knowing that nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is yours in Christ Jesus. God's love and grace are his free gifts to us and that gives us joy. That's where joy comes from. You know what is amazing about joy though? You know what's amazing about joy? Joy is contagious. Joy is infectious. Joy is effervescent. Joy is bubbly. Think of joy like a bottle of champagne about ready to burst. That's joy. That is real joy. Joy is like a can of Pepsi that you shake and shake and shake and shake and shake. And then you just kind of pull up in that top. And it just sprays out everywhere. Pop goes everywhere. That's joy. That is what joy should do to us. We should be the hap- not just the happiest people on earth, we should be the most joyful people on earth. The journey of wonder should lead us to a place of joy that cannot be contained. It should be infectious from us to the entire planet. Like I said, Christians should be the most joyful people on the planet. We, have, we should have outrageous, uncontrollable joy because not only, of our, not only are our sins forgiven, not only are our sins forgiven, but get this, okay? Ready? Are you ready for it? We're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. Thank you for crying out loud, folks. We're going to go to heaven. Someday, we are going to pass away. We're going to die, and, and we're going to go to heaven. We're going to live forever. We're going to walk down streets of gold. We are going to see Jesus face to face. We're going to shake hands. But the one who took the nails in his so that we didn't have to. We are going to spend eternity thanking and praising God for the gift of his love in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what we, it's not a, a wish upon a star 
Okay, it's not some dream. It is a reality. It is an absolute truth. It is a reality that you and I will experience. It will happen. You know what frustrates me sometimes? When I talk to somebody, I say, are you going to go to heaven? I hope so. What do you mean you hope so? I hope so. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Are you going to get an ugly sweater for Christmas? I hope so. That's a hope so. Are you going to go to heaven? Yes. I am confident that I will go to heaven. Not because of anything I've done. Not because I'm so good. Not because I'm so special. Not because I'm the teacher's pet. Not because I'm the preacher. Not because I preach a sermon every Sunday. Not because I lead a Bible study every Monday night. Not because I do this. Not because I read my Bible. Not because I pray. I am going to go to heaven because of what Jesus did. That Jesus took my sins upon himself. And when he died, my sin died too. And I am forgiven. And so are you. So if I ever ask you, are you going to go to heaven? I want to hear yes. Because it's not about you and it's not about me. It's about him and what he did for us. And that, my friends, should give us joy. I mean, we should be jumping up and down. (laughs) We should be rocking and rolling. We should be rolling in the aisles. And we should be jumping up at this very moment and running out of this place like the shepherds ran to Bethlehem. We should be running out there and telling somebody, telling them that God loves them, that Jesus loves them, that Jesus died for them, and that you're going to heaven and that they can go too. Our joy should be contagious. It should be infectious. But too often, we look like this. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. I've got my balloons. I'm joyful. Oh, hum, yay, meh. Folks, if we cannot get excited, if we cannot get joyful, if we cannot get absolutely thrilled about the fact that we are going to heaven on a Sunday morning in 2009 as we approach Christmas, if we can't get excited about that, even with each other, I mean, everybody in this room is, I mean, we're kind of on the same page here. If we can't get excited among ourselves, how are we going to get excited out there? When people who who don't care about Jesus and don't care about you, sorry to say, And don't care where you're going to spend eternity. And in most cases, don't care where they're going to spend eternity. If you can't get excited about it in here, you're not going to get excited about it out there. We should be jumping up and down, ready to just attack the door and attack the world and tell people all about Jesus. If we keep this joy contained, then the world is in trouble. The only way that they're going to hear about God's love and God's grace and God's salvation is through us. Get this. 70% of people, 70% of people who don't go to church have never been invited. 70% of people have never been invited to church. 82% of those who don't go to church, 82% of those who don't go to church said that they would be willing to go if someone just asked them. 41% of people who used to go to church but aren't going anymore would go if someone invited them. So let's say that there are 305 million people in America. It's true, I looked it up. 305 million people in America, that's 180 million people who don't go to church. The statistics tell us that about 40% of people go to church on a Sunday morning. Today, uh, on a Sunday like today, there are 40% of Americans are in church somewhere. 
So that means 180 million people are doing something other than going to church right now. 180 million Americans. Of those 180 million people, 126 million of them have never been invited to church. 126 million people have never had someone come up to them and say, Hey, would you like to go to church with me? 146.7 million of those 180 million would probably go if someone just invited them. But John, I can't invite 146.7 million people to church. No, you can't. But you can invite one. Can't you? Can you invite one person? That's one more person who will have an opportunity to hear about God's love and Jesus' saving work on the cross. That's someone, that's one person who will have an opportunity and have a chance to go to heaven and not spend an eternity in hell separated from Christ because they didn't believe, because they didn't put their faith and trust in Jesus. And that's what's on the line here. That's what we're talking about. Heaven and hell. Remember, we're going to heaven. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! They're going to hell. What? What? Yeah. There's a lot of people out there. Millions of them. Millions and millions. Just in this country. There are thousands of people in this state. There are hundreds of people in this town who are not going to go to heaven. And so while we can have our little Jesus party in here every Sunday morning and just jump up and down and scream and shout, Hallelujah, we're going to heaven. There's a lot of people out there who are facing an eternity separated from God, burning in hell forever. And we say, well, I don't know. Someone might make fun of me if I invite them to church. They might think that I'm a dork. They might think that I'm a nerd. They might think that I'm a Jesus freak. So what? At least you gave them a chance. At least you gave them a chance to say, you know what? Church ain't for me. At least you gave them an opportunity to say, no thanks. I, like, I got other stuff I do on Sundays. At least you gave them an opportunity. That when they stand before Jesus Christ on, on Judgment Day, and Jesus says, what's up? Well, I didn't know. No, 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 no. Sean invited you. Sean gave you that chance. Sean invited you to go to church. You said you had other stuff to do on Sunday. My friends, that is the reality that we're facing. We get to go to heaven. They are not. What are we going to do about it? Our joy should be infectious. Our joy should be contagious. People should think that there's something wrong with you. When they come into contact with you, your joy should be so infectious. Because let's face it, there's a lot of miserable people in this world. We deal with them all the time. Mm. But if you are a joyful person, if you are a <laughs> I'm going to heaven kind of person, people are going to look at you like, man, what is your deal? What is the matter with you? You know what? There's nothing the matter with me. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm having the time of my life. I'm going to heaven. How do you know? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. That's how I know. What are we going to do about it? Let your joy shine, my friends. Let your joy shine. So where are you on your little journey of wonder? The shepherds heard the news and they ran to Bethlehem. And then they ran to tell everybody that they could about the baby in the manger. What are we doing this year? 
What are we doing this year on our own journey to Christmas? Do we take God's good news? Do we take his good gift? Do we take his grace for granted? Have we lost the wonder of Christmas? If so, then it's time to get it back. No more Scrooges, no more Grinches, no more Bah Humbugs. It's time to put away all the toys and the presents and the traditions and the hustle and the bustle and just stop and wonder at the baby laying in the hay. Don't let another day pass you by without thinking and meditating on what Christmas is really all about. Don't let another day go by without contemplating the good news. Don't miss another opportunity to spread the joy of Jesus' birth. Don't take Christmas for granted. Don't take Christmas for granted. Instead, may the message of Christmas, may the true meaning of Christmas fill our hearts with wonder as they filled the hearts of the shepherds so long ago. And may we be filled with wonder as we journey to Christmas. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the wonder and the joy of Christmas. That at this time of year, we are a little more joyful. We're a little excited. We're a little more open. Our hearts are a little softer. And it's all because that you sent your son Jesus to be our Savior. I pray for my friends today, and I ask that God, that you would touch our hearts in a very powerful way, through your Holy Spirit, that you would fill our lives with your presence, that Father God, that you would help us recapture the wonder of Christmas, that we would be truly grateful, and we would be truly joyful. For joy to the world, the Lord has come. We sing your praise today. We honor and glorify you and worship you as God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.